Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome, everyone. So glad that you've tuned in to Calvary Live and just praying that we have a great hour here together as we uh, talk with each other. You just heard the call-in number. It is 303-690-3000. And so I do invite you to call in and ask your questions and give your prayer requests this is the program, of course, where you have opportunity to do that. So I want to welcome all the Grace FM listeners that you are listening live on this Monday, and you, uh, uh, I pray, or, or I pray that you're doing well, and I pray that uh, you consider calling in. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number, and uh, so welcome Grace FM listeners all along the front range, uh, from Southern Colorado up through the metro area and into southern Wyoming. Love to hear from you guys in Wyoming. And also, we want to welcome all those who are tuned in to perhaps another radio network, Hope or Truth FM, or Freedom Radio Network. You too can call in at that number, 303-690-3000, and ask your questions. Maybe you got a question about the Bible, or maybe you uh, have, you know, just... uh, you're wondering about how we respond to the things that we see going on all around us. And we want to look at God's Word to give us wisdom and give us guidance. So call with your questions or your prayer requests. This is also a show to be able to minister to you and to pray with you and uh, to come together and and to be able to lift up those prayer needs. So love to to do that with you. we got all open lines. And, and I encourage you, always call in early because it, it can... Uh, B, the um, seems like that the, towards the end of the show, the calls come in, and and uh, always feel kind of bad when we can't get to all the callers. So grab one of those open lines right now. They're all open, 303-690-3000. My name is Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley, here with you on this Monday afternoon or evening, wherever you're at, and uh, just ready to talk about the things of the Lord. So 303-690-3000 is the number to call. That's a call-in number. There's another way for you to be able to uh, converse with us or uh, ask a question or give a prayer request, and that is through a dedicated text line, and that is 720-336-0897. That's for texting only. Be safe when you are texting, and love to be able to uh, take those uh, text questions uh, as we have time or we're waiting for the phone to ring. Uh, but really, this is your show. So give me a call. Love to hear from you. Also want to welcome all the online listeners that are listening throughout the uh, United States. Uh, and uh, you are listening live if you're listening on your mobile app or perhaps on the Grace FM website. I would encourage you, uh, if you're new to Calvary Live, uh, download the Grace FM app. Wonderful teaching that you can listen to, and then also you can listen to Calvary Live as well. So give me a call, 303-690-3000. we got all 
open lines. Love to talk with you as we've entered into November. Uh, I was talking to some on the staff today that uh, it seemed like it came so quickly on us, but we're talking only a couple weeks. We're going to be into Thanksgiving week, and it's always a special time here at Calvary Greeley. Uh, next week starts the collection week for Operation Christmas Child Shoebox. And I know that many of you, perhaps, that are listening to us throughout the country, that you participate in that wonderful, wonderful ministry. And as we get closer to Thanksgiving and Christmas, I really want to encourage you. This is a great opportunity, not only with perhaps a ministry of getting a shoebox prepared for a child that will be sent out all over the world, these shoeboxes, um, and the gospel presented a, a little flyer in there in, in the language that um, that it goes to, to the country that it goes to. Uh, just an incredible ministry. Uh, I believe millions of shoeboxes go out. But here in Greeley, in northern Colorado, we're the collection place. We've been collecting shoeboxes during collection week for over um, 15 years. I think it's close to 16, 17, 18 years uh, that we've been doing that, and it's 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 just wonderful. In every shoe box, uh, we just pray is handled with God's love, and we pray uh, over the ministry that God will use it to bring the gospel uh, all around the world. So uh, it's an opportunity for you to grab a uh, a shoe box, uh, prepare it. I always tell my congregation it's a great way to teach your kids about uh, missionary uh, work and and missions because they can. Get the things that you put in the shoebox. You can put it together, um, and uh, you can talk to your kids about those things. Pray over the, you know, for the child that's going to receive the box because the Lord knows who's going to receive it, and um, and then to be able to, um, you know, bring it and hand it over to uh, those who are who are collecting those shoe boxes. So that's one day, way to get involved during the holiday season and uh, and Thanksgiving. Um, we're putting together food boxes. Maybe perhaps you have the opportunity to do that as we head towards Christmas, celebrating the birth of Jesus, other ways for you to be a blessing to people. So just want to put that little bug in your ear so you can pray about it, think about it, how we can uh, really bless others as, as Christians, uh, to be light in the darkness, to, to help those in need. Uh, there's so many opportunities. So just want to encourage you in that. Hey, give me a call, 303-690-3000. Again, Jeff Biggs of Calvary Chapel Greeley with you on Calvary Live. we got a couple open lines, so grab one of those open lines. Let's talk about the Lord. Let's go to the Word of the Lord, and let's pray to the Lord as you give your prayer request. The text line is 720-336-0897. Let's go to Becky and Frederick. Becky? Hello. Becky, welcome to the program. So my you question a, you for a, you... Go ahead. Yeah. So I grew up Church of Christ, um, mm-hmm. and then in my adulthood fell into the prosperity thing, and now I'm kind of deconstructing all of that, just trying to find truth. That's all I care about now. Um, we live close to Greeley, and mm-hmm. I just I hear a lot about what Calvary is. I keep telling people, I think I might be Baptist. I'm, I'm like... I'm listening to a lot of Baptist teachers and such. So um, I was kind of more calling about um, just what the Calvary um, 
name, you know what I mean, is in, um, I don't know if you could tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah. And probably what you're, you're wondering about is, uh, as you listen to Grace FM, the Calvary Chapel teachers, you're going to get an understanding really of, of the doctrine of Calvary Chapel, but you're probably wondering the distinctive of Calvary Chapels, what's Calvary Chapel about? And, uh, I've been a part of Calvary Chapel for over 30 years and, the thing that with Calvary Chapel, and there's even a little book that Pastor Chuck wrote called it the distinctive of Calvary Chapels, but just to list that. And I always got extra copies to give to people or to send to people. And uh, so if you get on our website, Calvary Chapel Greeley, you can email me and we'll send that out to you and be happy to do that. But in short, we emphasize the teaching of the Word of God. Uh, teaching through the Word of God, chapter by chapter and verse by verse, just systematic Bible study through the Word of God. Matter of fact, uh, on I'm getting close to probably by the end of February when I finish the Minor Prophets, that'll be the second time that I've taken the congregation through all 66 books of the Bible. So the distinctive of Calvary Chapel is to teach the Word of God chapter by chapter, verse by verse, line upon line, precept upon precepts. But there's some other distinctives that you'll see at Calvary Chapel. We believe in the validity of the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, we believe in um, you know, the rapture of the church. We uh, hold a pre-tribulation rapture view. Um, it doesn't mean that uh, we stop fellowship with others who maybe have another view. But if you go to Calvary Chapel, you're going to hear about the return of the Lord the pastor teaching about a pre-tribulation rapture. Those are the main distinctives of Calvary Chapel. We believe where God guides, he provides. So at a lot of Calvary chapels, you, you won't see uh, an offering that is a formal offering that is uh, taken. Some do. There's nothing wrong with it. Uh, churches do that. But here at Calvary Greeley, we just have a couple boxes, and we really believe that as God guides you, that you are to give those are kind of the distinctives of Calvary Chapel, um, to be led by the Spirit, um, to uh, Calvary Chapel. Uh, I have a board. Most Calvary Chapels that I know, all of them, have a board and uh, is pastor-led on that board. Um, and those are kind of how the government is set up or the structure is set up. And so those are kind of the main distinctives of Calvary Chapel. Okay. Um, what is your stance on women teachers? <laughs> That's always an interesting question today, isn't it? You well, said I think in... personally for me, especially, like I said, I grew up in the Church of Christ where women are nothing. Right. And then I fell into the prosperity gospel where women are everything. Yeah. And so, again, I'm just looking for truth, and it's truly a matter of salvation for me. Right. Because I yeah. don't understand—I'm an apologetics major— and I uh-huh. study Jewish culture, and I want to—you know what I'm saying? Like, it's a lot deeper yeah. for me than just—I love how Hebrews puts it. He says, let's let's leave on, let's go, you know? And so— yeah. um, Okay. And the deep you, stuff, you, and the problem is, is we're not finding right. deep churches anymore. Everyone's very shallow waters. Well, yeah, and I think the teaching of the Word of God should be intelligent. You know, he's given us a mind. We're to love him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. I don't think being a Christian means that we assassinate our minds, um, that Bible study should be intelligent, but it should be also to where 
we can understand it and we can make it applicable in our lives. You said when it comes to women teachers, um, women can have the gift of teaching. Um, and we have women that teach other women. Um, and Titus says that the older women are to admonish the younger women to teach them. We have women that teach in ladies' Bible studies. We have women that teach in children's ministry. So we have women that teach, and they're very gifted, and they're very, very um, well-versed in the Scriptures. Uh, When it comes to the position and the role of a pastor, we feel like 1 Timothy chapter 3, that the overseer, the pastor, is to be the husband of one wife. So the position of pastor here is given to the men in the leadership role. But women do play a big part of ministering here. I very much respect the women, um, the gifts that God has given to them, whether it's in teaching, teaching other women, teaching the children, um, teaching the younger women, uh, their administrative gifts, um, other gifts that they have. We couldn't do what we do here if it wasn't for the service of the women in the church. I very much value that. But when it does come to the role of the pastor, uh, teacher, when it comes to the elder, that we reserve that for the men. And having different roles with men and women in the church does not mean that women are inferior at all. It doesn't mean that the man is better than the woman. It doesn't mean that God loves the woman or the man more than the woman. It's just that we have different roles. And I believe that the New Testament shows us that God's desires for the men to be the leaders in that position of of pastor, teacher, of elder, um, of bishop, uh, according to what we learn in First Timothy chapter three and in Titus as well. Does that kind of help? Yeah, it helps that question. So, you know, one of the things that you can get online and you can see the, the, the you know, the statement of faith and, and then that booklet, too, to give you some more distinctives of Calvary Chapel that I think will help you in that. But you're asking the right questions. Thanks. Yeah. Like I said, we're just, we're kind of looking for a deep church now. Even my 14-year-old is, he's like, this is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> we're just, we're just, it's like we're too far, you know, and, and it's mm-hmm. hard. Yeah. America's hard right now. America just needs well, more. Yeah. And, and here's the thing that, um, you know, even with the children's ministry, we have a um, answers in Genesis curriculum because we want our kids to understand that God created them, created the world. They can be grounded in God's word at their level in even middle schoolers and high schoolers. We have some fun with them. There's nothing wrong with that, but we do emphasize teaching them. And on Sunday morning, I have the high schoolers in. This is the conviction that God's given me in my church on Sunday morning because we have four years. You know, when they're in high school, they're old enough to have a job, to drive, to, you know, do certain things, adult things. And I think they're old enough to have their Bibles open, taking notes in the sanctuary, and learning the Word of God. And I think that's really important because when they get out of high school, they can go to college or they go in life and they can get blown out of the water very easily if they're not grounded in the Word of God. And I think that's what you're saying, that there needs to be that grounding, that teaching, and the and faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God, because 
there's so much out there that will deceive people, that will pull them away from, you know, the Lord, from the Word of the Lord, and we need to keep them grounded in God's Word because that's where strength and growth is going to happen. And uh, and we need to do that even when they're children and as they go into middle school and high school. And we don't want to forget about that priority. What do you guys do for marriage ministry? Well, we, we got we got a marriage fellowship that takes place. We at times have a marriage conference. Um, but one of the things that you'll you'll see that is you come and you're taking in the books of the Bible, that's really is what's going to strengthen your marriage. And so we try to minister to singles, to married, to young adults, to everybody that we can in different fellowships and groups that take place here. So but I'd be happy to talk about it, Becky, and you know, if you want to give me a call during the week here in Greeley or look at our website, yeah. be happy to converse and encourage you any way that we can. Okay? Awesome. Thanks so, so much. Becky, you can look at calvarychapelgreeley.org, and um, and you can find that information on there. Feel free to give me a call. I'd love to talk to you. Okay, cool. Thanks. You bet, Becky. God bless you. Hey, can I pray for you real quick? Sure. Father, I just pray for Becky. She she really wants a, a church that is grounded in the Word, that is teaching the Word, and for her teenager, for uh, Lord, just to be able to grow in uh, what the Word declares. And we know that that is the great need in the church today. And so, Lord, I pray that as she's asking these questions, that it, it's it's okay to ask these questions and to get answers to take her to a place where her and her family can grow in Christ and the Word of God and the love of Jesus Christ and grow together in, in a marriage with the family and uh, be fed. Um, and that's the great need today. So just guide her and direct her in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Becky. Appreciate you calling. Thanks. You bet. God bless you. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. We got, I believe... Uh, Two open lines or one open lines? Anyway, try it. Give a call. And in the meantime, um, we have Justin in Loveland. Let's go to Justin. Justin? Hey, Pastor Jeff. How's it going? Good. How are you? Doing good. Hey, uh, so I had a question about faith. So um, kind of going over, I think it's Matthew 21, 21, how Jesus says, um, you know, you can say to this mountain, move, and it will move. Um, and if you believe it, like in your heart, you know, it'll be done. So I'm just trying to kind of, I guess, understand that more, but then also kind of like comparing that to, I guess, like name it and claim it faith or like, you know, I, I, like I read this devotional and it said, um, like, oh, if you go into a job interview and you think, oh, I'm not going to get this job, well, you're not going to get that job unless you say, or unless you have the faith to say, oh, I'm going to get this job and then I'll get that job. So I don't know. I'm just trying to kind of like, is that right? Or like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like, uh, there's, you know, different forms in the faith, um, you know, prosperity movement, you know, pause there was positive confession. That was a big movement back in the 90s. And that's kind of like what you're speaking of. If you speak negative words, and there are those who promote that, uh, if you speak negative words, then 
what's going to happen is negative outcomes going to come. And, and um, we know that without faith, we cannot please God. And God wants us to have faith. But faith is putting our trust in him and, and trusting in the one who can work on our behalf. We put faith in the word of God, the promises that are given to us. And so those verses come up like if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, then you know you can tell this mountain to be gone. And there's all kinds of teachings of you got to have enough faith. And and I think what's enough faith? You know, Jesus said the size of a mustard seed. That's pretty small. And I think that the the one who has faith, we have faith in the Word of God. We have faith in Him. Um, it's not faith in faith. And I think that uh, there's some of those. Who you know, you kind of like faith, kind of like it's a you got to have more faith, and you know, and they say that, and you know, you just gotta muster up your faith. And there are times where my faith is pretty weak, and my faith is pretty small, but I can turn to the Lord and look to the Lord. And when it comes to praying for something, Jesus said, "Pray in my name." And, and it will be given to you. And the faith teachers come along and say, see, you just need to name it and claim it and all of this. Praying in the name of Jesus means that we pray according to his character and according to his you know, will for our lives. And I think that really the prayer of faith is what Jesus prayed in the garden, not my will, but your will be done, Lord. And for me, the, we can pray for healing for somebody who's sick. We can pray for... Um, you know, God to work, getting a job, uh, direction, all those things that we can have faith that God wants to guide us and direct us, but it's not trying to muster up more faith. And, and it is trusting in him that he's going to do what is best for us and that he's going to guide us. And uh, as we grow in the word of God, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God, Romans chapter 10 and for me, my faith grows as I just ground, get grounded in the Word of God, just trust in His Word, trust in His promises given to me, and just being guided by Him. But faith includes, you know, when it comes to prayer, and here's the thing to remember, Justin, sometimes God does say no. And I've talked to people that their faith has been racked because they were told they didn't have enough faith, so that person wasn't healed that you prayed for, or you know, God wasn't, you know, didn't answer because a lack of faith. And I think that, you know, those who teach that and promote that, you know, it's so unfortunate and it causes a lot of hurt. And we are to have faith in him, trust in him, look to him. We can have faith the size of a mustard seed and the Lord will, you know, guide us and direct us and he'll work on our behalf. But it's not a magical formula to you know, just name it and claim it and uh, get whatever it is that we want. Yeah, for sure. Okay, awesome. That, that's kind of, that's what I thought, too. I just, I, I wanted to get some clarity and some backing on that, I guess. Um, so awesome. But yeah, uh, do you think that we could, I just, me and my wife, we just had our firstborn daughter. If we could just get, um, I guess prayer for her to be saved and my wife she is an unbeliever so if we could pray for her too. Absolutely. You know the thing to remember about faith I don't want to move out in any area that God doesn't want to work in my life. And um you know sometimes 
you know, we want something and God has something else that he wants. And that's why I said that prayer of faith is, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. We do know that the Lord desires for your wife to be saved. We do know that. So we can pray and have faith that God is going to work um, and just trust him in that. So, Father, I do pray for Justin. I pray for his daughter, um, that she would grow up to know you. I pray for his wife. Salvation would come to his home. And, Lord, um, I, we know that your word declares that, that your desires, that all should come to repentance, um, to the knowledge of the truth. It's not your desire that any should perish. But, Lord, we do pray that you would work in a way that, Lord, that uh, Justin would be just an incredible dad, a witness with his life in the words that he speaks. And, Lord, that he would um, be the husband, the father you call them to be, and it would be a testimony of your reality and your goodness. Lord, I do pray that you just be with him in every way. And, Lord, I pray that you would um, bring salvation to his home and open up eyes and uh, soften hearts, and, Lord, um, that there would be rejoicing uh, as you desire to draw his wife to you, to, Lord, um, that you would help him raise his daughter in the ways of the Lord, that she would come to know you um, as she grows up. And, Lord, we just ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much, Pastor. I really appreciate it. God bless. You bet, Justin. Thanks for calling. Appreciate you calling. All right, 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. The text line 720-336-0897. Love to talk with you. Give me a call. I believe we got two open lines. Do we have Bella on line three still? Bella? Bella, are you there? Okay, Bella dropped, so she asked a question. And... um. All open lines. So, Bella, if you get a chance, you had a, a question about Matthew chapter five, verse eight. Blessed are the pure in heart, and uh, and love to talk to you about. See what it is that you're thinking about. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand. We got all open lines right now. This is Calvary Live with Pastor Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley. Text line is seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. Love to talk to you about the things of the Lord. One of the text questions that came in says. Uh, someone told me there are hidden messages and codes in the Bible. Is that true? And I remember about, I don't know, about 10 years ago or so, that was kind of a popular thing in the church. There were some uh, books that were out that were very popular about hidden messages and Bible codes. Bible codes was a big thing. And uh, some Christians really got caught up in it. And uh, I, I, the thought that I have is, yeah, I mean, you can have hidden messages in a cookbook. I mean, if you took the fifth letter of every seventh word and, and then all of a sudden there's a hidden message and all of this, um, why would we want to spend so much time trying to figure out hidden messages when there is God's Word that we need to know? There's God's Word that is there for us that He wants us to understand. So that's what we want to focus on. So I was never much into the hidden messages and the codes and all of that. I, you know, to me, let's study the Word of God, uh, the Word of God that is there for us to understand and take in that He's given to us, and that's what we need to focus on. So um, we want to be focused on that and uh, what God's Word says, and there's enough in the Word of God that we can study it 
for the rest of our lives uh, rather than trying to find secret messages and hidden codes and all that that are questionable and things like that. So stay in the Word, folks. Stay reading your Bible, growing in the Word of God. is so important, and you will never exhaust the Scriptures, and, and uh, you will grow in your faith as you do that. We're getting close to break, so we got all open lines right now. 303-690-3000. Grab one of those open lines, and let's uh, answer your questions and give your prayer requests. Let's talk about the things of the Lord. So grab one of those open lines as we go to break. It's the only break of the program. The text line 720-336-0897. Let's talk about Jesus. Let's go to the Word of God. Let's go to the throne of God in your prayer requests. All open lines, 303-690-3000. We will be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. So good to be with you. Love to talk with you. So give me a call and uh, let's talk about the things of the Lord and let's go to the throne of grace in time of need. So if you got a prayer request, please give me a call. we got all open lines, I believe. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. The text line is 720-336-0897. And so text me a question or a prayer request. Hope you're doing well on this Monday. And uh, the, the days are shorter now. We just had a time change, I believe, for most of the country and looking out, it's like, wow, it's already getting dark. But we are in that time of the year where it gets darker earlier and the days are shorter and will continue till uh, almost Christmas when uh, we go officially into winter. And sometimes this time of the year during Christmas, Thanksgiving, when the days are short, it can be kind of hard um, emotionally, spiritually on people, just getting down, discouraged. It can be a, just a, a hard time of the year for those who feel isolated and feel alone. So we want to be praying for those that we know that are struggling and need a word of encouragement. And this is something to pray about and to really be sensitive in the leading of the Lord and how we can reach out to others during this holiday season, how we can serve others, how we can encourage them during this time. And uh, we have the opportunity to be a blessing, to bring God's comfort to them. And so just something that I want to throw out there is we're getting closer to Thanksgiving. In a couple of weeks, we'll be in Thanksgiving week, and then we'll be at Christmas and then New Year's. Uh, looking forward to what we're going to be doing here at Calvary Greeley as uh, we have OCC Collection Week starting a week from today. So those of you in the Greeley area, be sure to look at those hours, that collection hours that we'll be collecting shoe boxes, and then also Thanksgiving Eve uh, service that we're planning for Pi Social, and uh, also uh, just to be able to um, you know look forward to the Christmas Eve services. We're going to do a New Year's Eve prophecy update. So be sure to check out everything on our website, CalvaryChapelGreeley.org. We're in Matthew's Gospel on Sunday morning. Lots going on here at the church, and we want to just be a blessing to all those in the area, and thank you for listening to Calvary Live. we got a couple open lines. Let me give you those numbers again. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. The text line is 
800-242-0897. So call with your questions. And uh, got plenty of time to take your your calls here today. Let's go to Chris that's in South Florida. Chris? Hello. Hey, how you doing? Good. Thanks for calling. You're on Calvary Live. So my question is um, about the synagogue of Satan as referred to in Revelations. Um, I I listen a lot. I search the scripture. I've done um, my own kind of research into Revelations, and I do feel like we are in those times and things that are, you know, uh, what is done in dark shall be exposed and come to light. And I see a lot of these parallels and things like that coming to fruition. And I hardly ever hear a pastor or priest speak on that particular verse, and I, I wonder why. Um, I do have my thoughts, which, like the Arav Rav, is um, a what I can break down is um, basically uh, they're the KKK of the Jewish community. I think the KKK claim to be Christians, but they don't do anything that true Christians would do, and they use it as a front to do their nefarious deeds. Um, and it also brings me to another question is, if the Jews are the chosen people, then you hardly hear about them speaking about Christ, and you do have Jews for Christ and stuff like that, but this, that I can't really get behind totally on support Israel in a sense, and, and like with those two kind of questions boggling around my head, um, and you know, especially in these times. I do support, and I love everybody equally. Um, so did, did you have a question? Yes, uh, Chris, the synagogue of Satan. Why does no one hardly preach on that or expand on that that concept or that uh, that verse in Revelations? And yeah. well, it, I can't answer for other people. I know that uh, I've gone through the Book of Revelation a few times in my years here at Calvary Chapel. We go through the books of the Bible, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, and as uh, we uh, go through the uh, books of the Bible. We we cover those verses. This is the Church of Smyrna that uh, was being uh, uh, written to as Jesus is writing to the seven churches there in Proconsular Asia. They were the persecuted church, and they were persecuted very heavily. And um, as let me read it to you, that these things, the first and the last, who was dead and came to life, I know your works. He always says that. He says, I know your works this church that was being persecuted, tribulation and poverty, um, but you are rich. And I know the blasphemy of those who say they are Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. And, you know, as you can expand on it in a number of different ways, but they were one, Smyrta, that uh, here is, um, you know, as he is saying that you're being persecuted, and those who say they are Jews but they are not, they were heavily persecuting those, and that wasn't the heart of God or the teaching of God in the Old Testament scriptures and the synagogue of Satan. So it, it's a description that is given that Satan is behind this persecution. So there can be a lot more said on that. Um, but as far as what people, why they don't teach on that, emphasize that, um, you know, we are going to be persecuted. We know um, Christians are uh, that is the tribulation saints in the in the tribulation period. It's all going to be behind Satan, who is going to be empowering the Antichrist to do that. And then also we know that persecution of Christians right now, that Satan is behind that persecution. So um, there is that uh, factor 
Paul said that in the last days it will be perilous times. And then he goes on to say that all those who live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. So Smyrna was a persecuted church. They were persecuted very heavily, and Satan is behind that persecution. Seems to give indication that those who you know were of the Jewish uh, background were doing the persecution as well. And um, and he's given indication that you know God's teaching is uh, you can go through the Old Testament how to treat the stranger, and it was never to be that way. And um, so that's that's the take in short how I have on that, Chris. So appreciate, okay, appreciate it. That. Yeah, you bet. Thanks. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. Call-in number. We've got a couple open lines. Text line 720-336-0897. And text me a question. So line two is Mike. Let's go to Mike. Oh hi hi Pastor Jeff I just had a question oh. kind of kind of been curious in uh, I'm in my pickups I don't know the exact verse but in uh, Matthew 24 and Luke 21 the Olivet discourse when there's that verse that uh, says no 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 man knows the day or the hour neither the angels nor the Son of Man uh, only the Father and I, I was just kind of curious uh, how Jesus since he is God how he would not be able to know the day and the hour. Yeah, that's kind of an interesting statement, isn't it? As we look at the Olivet Discourse, and you know, in that section of Matthew chapter twenty-four, Jesus, of course, he he talks about before that. He talks about when I do come back. Uh, he says, "I'm going to come in great power and glory. That it will be like lightning flashing from the east to the west." He talks about the signs of his coming, and and then he he says something interesting as he begins to to talk about how no one knows the day or the hour, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. He's speaking, I believe, in his in his um, humanity. And um, that's the conclusion that most scholars come up to, that he, at you know, that point he didn't know the day or the hour. Now that he's at the right hand of the Father, uh, it's suggested that he does. So speaking of his um, human aspect of, not knowing the day or the hour at that time, which is kind of interesting. Um, so uh, that's the answer that I've looked at, because you you would think that he would know the day or the hour, right? Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Since, since he's God, right? But I guess he can uh, consciously choose not to know certain things, I guess, right? Yeah, kind of in that, um, you know, in that aspect of it. And, uh, you know, I've read on it, and that's pretty much the the comments that I get from commentators uh, that, you know, that he's speaking on the basis of his humanity, uh, not his divinity. And I just got to kind of leave it at that, that that's what right. it is that he is talking about. So, and I would okay. imagine, you know, that, you know, he knows the day or the hour, being at the right hand of the Father now as he's in his glory. And, um, you know, but, um, yeah, kind of interesting verse, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, th- thank you so much. I was just kind of curious about that when I read that. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just kind of looking at some notes of mine uh, and uh, seeing if there's anything of more insight that I might have. Um, but uh, that's pretty much what I have on that. And, you know, sometimes I really want to know, why do- Why doesn't he know? Why doesn't he know? And and um, but he's you know emphasizing again, um, you know his his humanity, uh, not so much speaking out of his divinity. So 
and and to make no mistake, Jesus was fully divine, right? Uh, fully right. human, fully God. It wasn't that he was half human or half God. He's fully God and fully human, but he was speaking on behalf of his, you know, humanity at this point. So good question. Good question. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Mike. I I, I, just one more comment. I often listen to, you know, when I'm driving around, I listen to uh, Pastor Chuck uh, Smith, and he always says, there's some stuff we don't know about. He just files it in the file uh, waiting for further information or something like that. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And that's the way I am, too. There's there's certain things I don't quite understand. And, you know, it's okay, uh, you know, as I think about it, Mike, um, to say, I, I don't really know. I don't fully understand. I've been teaching the Bible for a long time, and some of the questions I get, I have to say, I, I just don't know. Um, I, I, I got a short comment on it. I can read about it, but we just, we don't know everything. And um, it's okay to keep growing in the scriptures and then leave things where we need to leave them. And, um, and this is one of those that um, I don't have a great super explanation except that he's speaking out of his humanity and um, right. kind of leave it at that. So, hey, appreciate your call. Good question. So, Okay, thank you. Thank you, Pastor Jeff. You bet, Mike. God bless you. Yeah, there's some things, you know, that that is a question that comes up, and um, we don't always fully know. Um, and as he's speaking, I'm just seeing if I got anything else that would help on that. And I'm just looking very quickly and stuff. But, you know, it's something to study and look at further. And um, as Jesus talks about the parable of the fig tree, um, he goes on to talk about that generation. And no one knows the day or the hour. Um, And so it is um, something that uh, I believe that I will say this, that I believe he is talking about the rapture of the church. Um, so interesting, interesting question. All open lines, 303-690-3000. Maybe you got a question concerning the return of the Lord. Uh, maybe you got a question um, uh, about um, the rapture of the church. Whatever question you might have, give me a call. We've got plenty of time. And uh, you can call it 303-690-3000. Is the call-in number to text line is 720-336-0897. I'm going to go to the text line. Um, there's somebody that asked about the preterist view, um, and the preterist view of the return of the Lord uh, is simply uh, a view that uh, most things in time prophecy, the book of Revelation, and there's different takes on the preterist view that it's all been pretty much fulfilled. It was fulfilled in 70 AD when Titus came in and destroyed Jerusalem. And um, that's when the abomination of desolation took place that's spoken of in the book of Revelation and the book of Daniel. Uh, so that's the preterist view that most has happened and we're just waiting for the return of the Lord. Most of what is written in the book of Revelation has already come to pass. I, I disagree with the preterist view. Um, I, I don't believe that Titus was the abomination uh, you know, brought the abomination of desolation, and that's a, a, time, a study for another time. But the abomination of desolation uh, is when uh, the Antichrist goes into the rebuilt temple in Jerusalem, and he proclaims himself as God to be worshipped as God in the temple of God. Titus didn't do that. He didn't set up an image of himself. He destroyed the temple. He didn't desecrate the temple. 
and he destroyed Jerusalem. And then as Jesus in Matthew chapter 24, as he says, when you see the abomination of desolation, um, then flee. And he says there's going to be great tribulation such the world has never seen or ever will see again. He says the world, um, not just Israel and Jerusalem. And then he says that at that time, uh, and I believe he's speaking of the great tribulation period, is that when the Lord will come back. So the Lord didn't come back after 70 AD. We've been waiting another 2,000 years. So I believe is yet future to be fulfilled. And so um, that's the predator's view in short. And again, it's a little bit more complicated than that and different takes of the predator's view. Hey, give me a call. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. That's the call-in number. And then also um, that uh, the text line is 720-336-0897. Got a text message. Let me read it real quick and try to shorten it up a little bit. Um, There is someone who went to visit their daughter and has two autistic kids four and two, um, and um, and has gone through a divorce and um, just needs some prayer. Um, the hurt that he's gone through, and so we do want to pray. We want to pray for this one that, um, that just uh, has uh, grandkids that are autistic, um, gone through a divorce with his wife after being together for so many years. Um, and Lord, I just pray. Uh, the hurt that he's gone through in these past years, um, that he wouldn't become complacent, and he doesn't want to. And he's asking that, Lord, you draw him to you. You know who he is, um, and keep him on the right path. Um, And, Lord, just help him minister um, to his daughter, to his grandkids, uh, those that are in his life. They keep his eyes on you, even during the hurt. I just pray that you would help him in every way, and Lord, I just pray that you would strengthen him. He's asking for help. So just um, show yourself strong in his behalf. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen and amen. As we go to the text line, love to get your text question as well. Uh, what does the Bible have to say about last rites and, and why they're given? Uh, of course, last rites are given by priests. Um, and the Bible doesn't say a whole lot about last rites. Uh, I'm not sh- sure exactly uh, what's what in the last rites. Here's the thing: um, that it's appointed once for man to die, and then the judgment. And as long as a person is breathing and his heart is beating, he has the opportunity to repent and come to the Lord. But once he's taken his last breath and closes his eyes. It's appointed once for man to die and then the judgment. So, um, you know, you can give last rites, but that person has to make a decision for the gospel and for Jesus Christ and make that decision. And listen, it, it is always possible as long as they are alive. And I've spoken to people that were on their deathbed and they gave their life to Jesus Christ. So it's never too late. It's like the thief on the cross. Remember the thief on the cross? that he turned to Jesus in his last hours, and he said, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said, before the sun is set, you'll be with me in paradise. So we you know, always have opportunity, as long as we're in this life and breathing, to repent and turn to the Lord. So that's why I want to encourage you, for those of you that are praying for loved ones that are elderly or at, you know, in their life, 
if they're going through something, keep praying for them and keep giving them the gospel because there's always an opportunity for them to turn to the Lord and to receive the Lord. But after that, it's it's the judgment. There's no purgatory. There's no second chances. Um, and so we want to uh, be able to pray for those to receive the Lord and never stop praying and keep being a witness to them. Text line, we got all open lines. Got plenty of time for you to call in if anybody wants to call in and you got a question, 303-690-3000. And, uh, and even a text line, and I'm just going to go through the text questions and maybe that's what the Lord has us to go through today on the show on this Monday. But give me a call if you'd like to to talk about the things of the Lord or got a question or just need prayer. Uh, I'd like to slip you in and be able to do that. Um, there's somebody that says, when I was first born again, I was taught there was a rapture uh, before the tribulation. As I grew in the knowledge of the Lord and studying the Bible for myself, I began to see the various scriptures and arguments used to support that theory incorrect. I know you disagree, which leads me to question how important is whether or not there is a rapture. I prefer not to engage people about this subject because honestly, they get pretty heated about it and um, doesn't help any of us. And that, that is the right attitude. People are going to have a different view on the rapture of the church, and they're still a Christian. Um, you know, our salvation is not based on the right view of the rapture of the church. And I know Christians that I respect them, they're students of the Bible, they love the Lord. Um, they have a different view than what I have. And it, it you know, doesn't mean we can't have fellowship, um, even discuss it, um, but it's not a subject to where uh, we stop fellowshipping with one another. Now, when it comes to the church here, I won't let anybody teach another, um, another uh, uh, you know, perspective on the rapture of the church in you know, uh, behind the pulpit or to the youth or anything, because I don't want there to be confusion. But it doesn't mean that um, there are those who come and said, you know, I, I think I lean towards a pre-wrath or mid-trib. Can I still come to church? Yes, you can come to the church, but just know that I'm going to teach a pre-tribulation rapture, and that's what the teachers, anyone who's teaching here, is going to teach that as well. So um, it's not a cause to... to argue endlessly. You can discuss it. It's good discussions um, that we can have. We can share scripture with one another, but uh, we can continue in that fellowship and and um, we can just got a different view uh, on the rapture of the church. So um, there is a few minutes left. Let's go to John in Aurora. Hi, John. Hi. You're on Calvary Live. Hi. Uh, so my question is... Um uh, earlier in the week, um, one of the pastors talked about um, where Jesus was taken up by the devil to the, um, onto the mountain, and he said, you know, or the temple, and he said, um, jump down and surely God will save you. And from that, we know that we should not tempt God in what, if, did I get that correct? Can, can you go ahead and repeat that? I got a little bit of static in the background. So basically, um, earlier in the week, one of the pastors um, uh, had a question, and it um, centered around um, Satan taking Jesus up onto the temple roof and said, throw you down and surely the angels will, will catch you. Right. Um, but, and the crux of the matter was we shouldn't tempt God. 
Right. Did I get that right? Yeah. So my question is, if something, if, say for instance, if we get ill, um, and that's predestined to work, is that not, and we ask that we, that God should take the illness away, is that not tempting God? Well, no, I, I don't see it in that way. In that Matthew chapter 4, it's also recorded, I believe, in Luke chapter 4, in the temptation um, of Jesus, that the enemy you know, takes him up, Satan, on the pinnacle, and says, throw yourself down. And he gives scripture, and uh, he says, you know, he, he quotes from Psalm. I'm going to try to find it real quick uh, here. And um, he says there, that he will give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. And he doesn't quote it exactly, if I remember to study. And Jesus says, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Um, you don't use Scripture out of context in tempting the Lord. And that's what Satan was doing. Now, we can come to the Lord. We know that the Word of God is very clear, that we can come to the Lord and ask for prayer. We can ask for prayer for healing, we can ask for a prayer for direction. We can give him our requests and our supplications, and the Scripture says that um, that we are to come to him. Jesus said, "Ask, please ask." But in that temptation that we see here, um, that you know he was uh, tempting Jesus to do something that was outside of the will of God, and he's trying to use Scripture to to deceive Jesus in that. And remember that Satan is always the master deceiver. And he even quotes scripture. He says, doesn't the word of God say this? And as he does, he misquotes it. And Jesus is saying, you know, don't tempt the Lord. And uh, as we look at that, that's what he was doing. And as he was misquoting the scripture, does that help? But we can ask for um, guidance. We can ask for um, healing because the Lord desires for us to come to him. Yeah, no, no, that that that's um, that helps. Thank you very much. Yeah. So, hey, thanks for calling. Really appreciate it. Good question. Bye. All right. We don't tempt the Lord, and you know, again, Jesus said it is written. You know, in the temptation of Jesus out there in the wilderness, that you'll notice that in each temptation, turned the stones into bread. Uh, Jesus quoted from Deuteronomy. Uh, you know bow down and worship me. He quoted from Deuteronomy, you shall worship the Lord your God and only him. Throw yourself down from the temple, tempting the Lord, uh, which this scripture strictly forbids to do. Um, And, you know, demanding something spectacular from God to prove his love or concern for us. And, And that's what he was doing. But Jesus combated the enemy by using the word of God in each case. And that's what we're to do. The scripture says, because we all go through spiritual warfare, and I think that lately that I have heard from people, Christians saying, man, it's just a battle out there, and uh, Satan's really been hitting me hard, and he will. As you're growing in the Word of God, as you're being used of the Lord, as you're desiring to draw close to the Lord, that Satan is going to come against us, and he will tempt us, and he will um, try to deceive us, he'll lie to us, all those things, but a good, good defense is the Word of God, and that's what Jesus did. It is written, it is written, it is written, and the enemy would leave, and then, as one of the Gospels says, Satan would return at a more opportune time. He's going to keep coming back, 
in the whole armor of God that is given to us in Ephesians chapter 6, one of the pieces of armor is the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So be grounded in the Word of God and submit to God, as James says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And so that's a part of how we can really um, stand strong against the wiles of the enemy, the temptations of the enemy. Be grounded in the Word of God. Stay close to the Word of God. Walk in obedience. Put on the armor of God because he is warring against us. And it, it is a battleground out there. It's not a playground. So just want to pray for that. Maybe that's a good way to end the show. Father, we just ask that you would just bless uh, everyone that's listening today and that we would all have a desire to grow in your word. And as the enemy comes against us, that uh, as we submit to you, resist the temptations of the enemy, he will flee just as he fled Jesus at that time. And Lord, to put on our whole armor, to grow in the word of God, to put on the armor of God, and Lord, to look to you to be our strength. And Lord, we don't fight for victory. We fight from victory. And we know it's a battleground. And not to be ignorant, as Paul writes to the Corinthians, of Satan's devices. He's a liar. He's a deceiver. He's a murderer. And he's going to try to do anything he can to get a foothold into our lives and into our ministry. So, Lord, just keep us strong in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thank you, everybody. Be back tomorrow at the same time. So call with your questions and your prayer requests. And looking forward to having uh, you know, a conversation about the Lord tomorrow on Calvary Live. But in the meantime, have a great evening. God bless everyone. And we'll talk to you next time. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.